Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of Lit AF with me, your host, Sarah Cohan. As always, I'm so excited to be back here with you today, serving up this week a spiritual growth conversation for the recovering fearful avoidant attachment style. This is my attachment style, and I'm so excited to be focusing these conversations on specific healing needs for our community because we're the best (laughs) and we need help. So here we are. Today's guest is Erin Panzarella, and she is a multidimensional reader. She's amazing. We talk about reading the Akashic Records, human design, channeling, and she shares a lot about how she's embracing her manifesting generator design to really change and grow and shift and incorporate different healing techniques and tools and spiritual kind of things together. So it's really cool to hear because she's really embracing her manifesting generator ways and creating kind of new systems from that. So I'm really excited about it. She was very inspirational for me to encourage me to keep connecting to the Akashic Records despite very little response, (laughs) Um, which I really appreciate. And I'm excited to get into it. But before we get into this week's episode, as always, I have my weekly check-in. And today I want to chat about the book that I'm reading. I've talked about it on a few episodes and I'm thinking about doing a um, full episode on it. But I'm reading the book Discovering the Inner Mother by Bethany Webster. And basically it talks about the mother wound. And at first when I opened this book, it was wild. Like I had a full body response and I'm sure a lot of people do when reading this that I (laughs) – basically the book is trying to say it's okay to look at your mother holistically and realize her flaws. And one of my favorite quotes from the book is, The full picture is my mother tried her best and I suffered as a child. (sighs) I see some women unconsciously trying to bypass this second part. Yeah, it's really, it's an interesting read. I'm learning so much about myself and where I am resisting being able to look holistically at my mom and our relationship and um, be able to see the full picture because uh, my dynamic growing up was that my mom was the hero. My mom was safety. My mom was, she literally was like the buoy, the anchor. She kept the family going. She, she wasn't the one that had mental health issues or anger issues or was abusive. And so it was hard for me when I was reading the book to start to look at the flaws and realize I suffered and I didn't need, or I didn't get what I needed. So it's been this really interesting journey and I'm reading it as part of a book club. So I'm going to be having like a larger discussion with um, some fellow friends, which I'm really looking forward to. And my takeaway (laughs) is, uh, and she talks about this a lot, is setting boundaries with her mom, stating needs with her mom in order to cultivate a full relationship with her mother. And her story is wild. You got to read the book. It's really interesting and it's really brave what she did um, within her own family system. It's really inspiring me to look at that relationship and figure out where can I show up fully 
where I'm not showing up fully? Where can I set more boundaries and ask for my needs to be met in order to make this relationship full and not draining? (laughs) She keeps saying like repeatedly over and over and over in the book, like if your relationship with your mother is draining, there's something off. And I sometimes do feel exhausted for sure when I'm talking to my mom. Mom, I do love you if you're listening to this. (laughs) I doubt she is, but just in case. And so it's really, it's just been really fun to to explore this. And then of course it's bleeding over into my therapy sessions and it seems to be really, really combining into a lot of the podcast episodes that I've been recording lately. So highly recommend the book. Um, I think I'll do a deep dive, um, into more of like actually what I've been doing to discover my inner mother. And yeah, (sighs) that's it for my check-in this week. As always, thank you for listening. And, um, without further ado, Let's get into this episode with Erin Panzarella. Erin, will you kick us off with an opening prayer? Yes, I will. I'm so excited to be here and... If you want to join me, Sarah, and everyone who's listening and closing down the eyes, tuning into the body, watching the breath, noticing the inhales and the exhales, noticing any thoughts that come up and knowing that's perfect and holding space to let it all go. I'm gonna have you join me in taking three deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. We'll do the first one together and then you can do the other two at your own pace. Breathing in through the nose, holding at the top and letting it out the mouth. Two more times at your own pace. Keeping the eyes closed while I open up the space. Masters, teachers, loved ones. Guardians of light, I ask you to come through with whatever messages want to come through today. I am so grateful to you and for your messages. I ask that any messages that come through, come through kindly, clearly, and in highest good of all who are listening. I thank you for connecting me and Sarah today. I know that we're both exactly where we are meant to be and that there are no coincidences. I thank you for your guidance. I thank you for your wisdom. I am open. I am willing. And I am grateful. Taking one more deep breath 
letting it all go. Opening up the eyes whenever you feel ready to meet yourself back into the space. Mm. So beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to do it. It's been a minute since I have connected. (laughs) Feel good. Oh, yeah. It makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I love the opening prayer. It's so good. Um, And you also have a little card reading for us. Yeah, we're going to pull a card. So this is just a card for the collective energy that I felt called to pull today. I don't actually do this on interviews that much unless someone asks. So I just really felt like the energy was there. Yeah, so I love it. So the card is called You Got the Love. Hadarian (laughs) energy. Love that card. I know. (laughs) Hadarian energy, codependency, boundaries. Mm. How can we tune in to the love that we cultivate inside ourselves and around us? Did you know the biggest way that we can love ourselves is through setting boundaries? That is also the biggest way that we can love others. We can often feel like it's selfish to set a boundary. We can feel like there's something wrong with setting a boundary. We can feel guilty or shame for setting this boundary. But us stating our needs in every moment gives the other person permission to do the same. That is a beautiful gift to give to the world. And it is done with love. A lot of people equate boundaries to walls. They think, I don't want to close myself off to everyone. I don't want to set this boundary because it means that I'm not letting other people in. But we can let people in more when we set these boundaries. We're not building walls. We're building walls with doors. And in order for us to step into that door, we have to be really discerning with what our energy is able to handle, what our energy is able to give. It is so important to set these boundaries because this is the time where everyone has access 24-7. We are constantly available. And that is not good for the energy. It is not good because we need to be available for ourselves first. So this is your reminder that holding a space for boundaries is a beautiful gift to everyone. And you can only hold space for others when you've done it for yourself first. Give yourself this love and give others this love without guilt, without shame, knowing that this is what's best for all. I love that. <laughs> what was the name of the card again? Love The love for you? You got the love. You've got the love. I love that. I love that should be the name of this podcast because I say it all the time. Um, but also, boundaries are my life's work. So thank you for reflecting back to me exactly what I'm here on earth to learn this time around. (laughs) No coincidences. No coincidences at all. (laughs) But yeah, codependency is a big theme, um, both for me and for this podcast. And so thank you. Like, I, I feel like the wisdom you just shared was just so spot on. Amazing. Yeah. The love for you, the love that you have for yourself is basically like the boundary and the love that you're sharing with others. I I think that was so beautiful. It's so important. And it's hard sometimes. Yeah. It's so hard. Why? Why is it so hard? (laughs) Because we're conditioned to do the exact opposite. Uh, 
Yeah. Yes. Boundaries were painful. Boundaries were not taught to me growing up. So it's my life's journey. Literally, my therapist keeps telling me, she's like, yeah, but you know that you're here on this in this life this time go around to like learn boundaries. I was like, fuck. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but it's beautiful work at the same time. Yeah. And I'm like, I just keep focusing on like, okay, if I learn it this time around, the next time around I get to learn something else. So <laughs> it's gotta, true. Gotta really nail it this time. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. No pressure. But like maybe we can learn something else next time around. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Oh. <laughs> well, before we go too much further, Erin, I would love for you to just introduce yourself. Tell us what you're up to, what you do on the daily. We'd love to learn more about you. Yeah, of course. So hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. Um, my name is Erin Panzarella, and I'm a multidimensional channeler. And that essentially means that my life is kind of up in the air. <laughs> I feel like it's so hard to define what I do and like who I am because it's constantly changing all the time. And I used to try and really define myself in such like strict terms and put myself into these boxes. And then when I decided that I didn't want to do that anymore, I felt like I needed to still. So I feel like that's kind of my life journey of learning to let go of what's no longer for me. And I'm a manifesting generator in human design. And so much about manifesting generators is we have to know when it's time to pivot. And I growing up, always would be like obsessed with gymnastics. And then I was like, mm, I don't want to do that anymore. And then I would go to mm. piano and I would be like, no, thank you. And I would do all these things and everyone would be like, you're such a quitter. Like you can't finish anything. Oof. And as I got older, I really held on to that. So I tried mm. to do the traditional path. I went to school for accounting. I actually went to school for three different majors. First was pre-med, then was business, then accounting. And I switched three different schools and I was like doing the manifesting generator thing, Fuck but yeah, you are. it was not deemed well by my family, by society. Everyone's like, why mm -hmm. can't you pick one thing? Why can't you do this? So when I define myself now, it's really just like I'm ever evolving and mm -hmm. I'm an imperfect human here to experience life and really just keep growing and learning along the way. So right now, what that looks like is I just quit my full-time nine-to-five accounting job. Oh, my God. I know. I'm like, I still can't believe it because my last day is March 4th, so Friday. I and love that it's March 4th. Oh, what a beautiful day to end it. That's amazing. I know. I have been really connecting to Akashic Records and human design recently on this path. Um, my business started more energy healing and channeling. And as it's unfolded, I am going to bring energy healing back because I'm just feeling that pull that it's time to bring it back in. Um, but recently, I've been really connecting to Akashic Records and human design because they are beautiful permissions to be yourself. And I'm so that's my path is helping others recognize that they have all they need within and permission to be who they want to be. So I find that Akashic Records and human design are those beautiful tools that help us understand that in a deeper way. So that's why I've been connecting to them so much. So that's primarily what I do, as well as spiritual mentorship, which blends all the different modalities I've learned over the past few years, as long as future modalities, um, into helping people really step into their power and light. That's amazing. Congrats 
we're so Thank excited you. for you. Oh my God. So <laughs> Big excited. things ahead. March 4th. Keep it going. March 4th me just feels like walking, like moving forward on your path. Like it's so good. So actually I was at work and I was – so I've been talking to everyone at work, which is like every single person I've spoken to is like, that's amazing. Like you don't want to get stalking like me. And everyone's been like telling me their dreams when they heard that I'm doing this. And it's really beautiful to hear other people speak about it in a way that's kind of open because these are people you would never in a million years think that they would like have dreams like this. And Aww. one of the guys said that March 4th used to be inauguration day um, oh. previously because there's a significance in astrology that they chose it for. It was like some Whoa. amazing story. He's like, did you choose March 4th on purpose? I'm like, well, the Akashic Records told me to do March 4th. But oh my God. <laughs> and you listened. And I listened, but um, I didn't really know the significance behind it. So I keep wow. learning that there's actually a big significance behind that day as well. Damn. Oh, talk about new beginnings. That's so exciting. It is so exciting. Uh, well, tell us a little bit more about how how did you find the Akashic Records or how did they find you? Um, and same for human design. Yeah, for sure. Um, so they were actually both introduced to me by my best friend, um, which mm -hmm. I feel like, she, yeah, she's amazing. And she just really, I think is kind of a portal for me and that like she unfolds and she learns different things and then shares them with me. And then I also take them and run with them in my own different way. So Akashic Records, it's been a little bit of a path. I first went to a reading gifted to me by my best friend, I want to say three years ago. and in the reading, I just knew that I was so connected and everything she told me was things that I already knew. And there was just kind of this inkling of a thought, like I could do this. It was just that knowing. Wow. And I have, yeah, I've been on a spiritual journey, an active spiritual journey um, for around 10 years, but my mom's been a Reiki master since before other people knew what a Reiki master was. And it was weird. And I was like very off put by it because I was like, she does Reiki, you know, who knows, who, I don't know what that is, you know? <laughs> and now you're like, I'm so proud of you, mom. <laughs> I know. It's so, yeah, it's, it's wild. Um, so I feel like the seed's been there for a while, but it just takes me bringing it into my own and really unfolding. So after that happened, I, you know, went along with life working at this nine to five as an accountant. And I just kept feeling like this pull. Mm. And when COVID hit, we started to work from home a lot. And I just knew that this was an important time for me because I was still working the nine to five, but I didn't have to commute. I live in New York City. Commuting is a huge chunk of your day. It's very intense for me energetically, which I'm understanding more and more. So I all of a sudden had all this energy. So I started running, which is something my whole life I was told I would never be wow. able to do. I had asthma, like sports asthma, allergies, and everyone was like, you just have problems with your lungs, so you can't run. And I was like, I'm going to prove them wrong. And yeah. I started to run. And I think that when that happened, it was like, oh, my God, I can do anything. So wow. I began just unraveling more and more. And I started the podcast, Everyday Perspectives, in July of 2020. And that was just like a huge throat chakra portal opening for me as well as I learned and navigated the podcasting space. And I just started to feel more confident in the path and knowing that there was something for me that I needed to do. And 
I started to go outside every day and walk in nature. I'm very lucky. I live in Queens. So we have a park that has hiking trails right up the block from us. So I was going there. Oh my God. Every, yeah. Like divine location. My fiance wow. was living in this before I we even knew each other. So I just kind of lucked out that I moved in with him and we have this beautiful park with hiking trails up the road. So I was going there every single day. I was meditating every day and then I started to go on insight timer and looking up Akashic meditations and kind of leading myself into the space through the Akashic records through insight timer. And I just knew that there was something more happening and just kept following the leads, following what I wanted to do. And then I really in January of 2021, the day before my Saturn return portal opened, I was out in nature and it was just like start speaking i heard in my mind start speaking and i started to talk out loud and it was profound messages it was everything i think i needed to hear in that moment that it's safe to follow your path it's safe to let go of everything that you've ever doubted within yourself it's it's like time to shed those feelings of shame and guilt that you have, because I've done messed up things in my life. I've like really done messed up things because I was suffering and I couldn't forgive myself for them. And this message was this huge, just permission to forgive myself. And I walked in the woods and I just got these beautiful message. You're going to start a business. You're going to start doing energy healings and channeling. And the energy that I got from those messages stuck with me. Damn. And I was just like, oh my God, this is the path that I'm meant to go down. So my business was officially formed. I got the paperwork back on 222 of last year. Ah, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And ever since then, I started to do energy healing and channeling, but it was very taxing on the body. It was very, very draining mm. for me. I was also starting to go back to the office. So it was just a lot of drain and I was channeling one day and I got the message, you're going to start to do Akashic records. So the girl who had did the reading for me, I reached out to her and I said, who trained you? Because I really just loved the way that she held space. I just felt really called to find out, but she never spoke about who trained her. So mm. she sent me, she was like, she doesn't really have Instagram. Um, this is her email. So I sent this woman an email. I didn't care how much it cost, which is something that like, that's never happened to me before. I just knew I had to do it. Wow. And she was like, you know, I'm not really doing this right now, but you're at the energy of your email. I need to open up a space for you. And she's like, gonna start, she, yeah, she's like, we're going to start May 1st. And we met every day. I mean, not every week for a few months. And it just was so natural hmm. to, and she always said, I feel this is going to be great for you because it's going to be a container for the energy. So it's not going to be so draining because you're going in in a very intentional way. And then you close out in a very intentional way. And that's the experience that I've had with the Akashic Records. It wasn't yeah. the intense draining feeling that I was getting from channeling. It's an energizing feeling. So it just felt so aligned with me and I love it. And it just has continued to prove itself as an amazing tool for myself and others that I just am really excited to see what's unfolding with it. Oh my God. That's so fucking cool. 
I love that story. I'm so glad she took you on. That's awesome. Yeah. That's it really felt cool. divine. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, what about human design? Like what where did that kind of fit into your your journey? So I always like I've thought that human design was kind of recent, but I have been dabbling in my own experiment for around two years, which is still pretty recent for my journey. But I feel like it's coming up a lot now. And mm. I, I, I love it. I think it's amazing. But my best friend also started to tap into her, her human design. Thank you, bestie. Like, I know, literally. <laughs> Jess, if you're listening, I love you. Um, so she was like, I think you're really going to love this and it's really going to help you. So I started to just look into mine because I think that's where you have to start because if you don't do it yourself, it's not going to be right. an authentic way of showing up for others. And I never tap into a tool at first with the intention that I'm going to do it for other people. Even with the Akashic Records, it was like, I'm going to use this tool for myself. And then I get the message like, okay, it's time to open up to other people for it. So human design, as I continue to live the human design experiment for myself, I just see that it is permission to be me. It's permission to flow in the natural state that I'm drawn to flow, but I've been conditioned out of. Again, like I mentioned before, it was like I'm a manifesting generator. So we are meant to pivot a lot. And I see how I did that earlier on in life. And it was kind of beaten out of me. Like, don't do that. Like, what are you doing? Like, you quit everything. And I see how much I felt like I needed to stick in the same exact job. I needed to stick in the same relationship. I needed to just stay there when it was time to move on. And I didn't feel like it was possible for me to do that. And Every time I dig deeper into something with human design, number one, it's a huge rabbit hole, which I love because I'm a five one profile and one is like the one who loves information. So Mm. it's perfect for me because there's always something new to learn. And I think that you, I'm not a master in human design. I would never say that I was because I think that there's so much behind it, but I do think that there are certain things that you can start with that can be so helpful in just implementing your strategy, Mm. knowing your authority knowing your type and just really starting with the basics and then watching it unfold from there. So I've been doing that for around two years and seeing the way that my life is unfolding through following the specifics in human design and knowing the conditioning, knowing where my open centers are wearing, knowing where they're closed. I just have learned so much about myself and learned about the conditioning of other people and really been able to discern what's mine and what's not. And I just think everyone should be able to tap into themselves in that way. So that's why I love human design. And I decided to offer it um, just because I think that a lot of people are looking for permission to be themselves. And this is saying mm-hmm. like, this is, this is it. Yep. Which, which is also empowering because anyone can look it up. Anyone can really dig in, into it themselves. And I love finding empowering tools like that. I love that. It to me, it's been the biggest permission engine on my own healing journey for sure. I mean, I talk about this all the time, but I um, love sleep, and I'm not a morning person. <laughs> it's been the biggest permission engine for me to be like, yeah, it's okay. You're a projector. You need a lot of sleep. You need more sleep than everyone else, and it's okay that you're not a morning person. Like that to me has just been huge. That's that is huge, and I feel like. A lot of people can be a little resistant at first if they learn their projector because the way that the like world is formatted is like hustle, grind, do everything yeah. all the time. But projectors, their magic is being that seer of everything and being able to tap into the energies. And you need a lot of rest for that. Yeah. 
Yes, and more so than I I like was giving myself permission to do. I can't tell you how many years <laughs> I'm laughing because it's like I tried so many years. Every year of like my New Year's resolution would be like, okay, this year we're gonna get up at seven a.m. and we're gonna like do some exercise before we like get to work on time. Like getting to work on time should have just been the goal. <laughs> But I was like, no, no, no. We have to like juice and like have our meditation. Like we had to do everything we can in the morning. And it just, I could never do it. I could literally never do it. And then I would guilt and shame myself for it. And um, I spent years, just years worrying about it. I think we all can do that. But I can definitely see as a projector how like you're conditioned to think that that's the way it's supposed to be. Right. Yes. That's the way it's supposed to be. Oh, my God. Uh, so do you do, um, it sounds like you do human design readings and Akasha record readings. Do you combine them together? So I am actually creating my own modality where I do Mm. like an, yeah, an Akashic design. Um, I'm building that more into my spiritual mentorship because I think that it's going to be providing so many different tools that you can pick and choose what works for you. Cause I want to make sure that things are tailored to specific people because I've been through a lot of trainings where it's very one size fits all. And -hmm. I think that's the beauty about human design as well, because knowing someone's human design is completely impacting how I approach, how I work with them. And that's why I find it so important. So I am working on how can I blend Akashic Records, human design, and all of the different offerings I've been trained in. Um, I'm also getting trained in hypnotherapy this year. The program just started. Yeah. So it's an eight month program for hypnotherapy. And I'm learning how I can really like mold that, especially with Akashic Records and past life regressions as well. So I'm trying to blend all these multifaceted. That's why I call myself a multidimensional channeler because I'm really seeing where I can blend everything together. And every time I was like, even on my like Insta profile is like Akashic Records and human design. I'm like, this doesn't even, you know, feel like it's accurate because there's so much more. Right. So I'm like, how do I not typecast myself? And also how do I let people know what I do? So it's been really interesting to see how we can blend everything instead of doing it like this is just human design. This is just Akashic Records, but yeah. it's a work in progress. I love that. I'm already like, I I just feel like you're seeing so many different like patterns and connecting the dots across all those different modalities. So fucking cool. Yeah. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. I know I am. If you're enjoying the Lit AF podcast, I humbly ask you to make a financial contribution to the Lit AF tip jar. Your support will help make this podcast happen. Financial contributions help to cover costs like podcast hosting site, podcast recording software, and it also helps us to pay our amazing, talented podcast editor that brings us these sweet episodes every single week. Monthly and one-off donation options are available, and we've got some sweet thank you gifts for everyone participating. If you're interested in making your financial contribution, please visit sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash tip jar. Now back to this week's episode. Thank you so much.
I'm getting like a rainbow-hued spectrum from you right now. <laughs> you're you're a multi-hyphenate being. You're all over the place. I fucking love it. How did you give yourself permission once you found out about being a manifesting generator to move on from things and like just keep moving or like keep responding to that um, being lit up or, or I'm not sure how you define it for yourself, but that like passion for the next thing. I still think it's hard. Like we're talking about like with the conditioning, it is difficult, but I think that bringing the other tools into it and bringing the spiritual guidance into it has been a huge key. That's why I think that we should blend them because you can't do that without trust. Mm. You can't jump from one thing to the next without a full blown trust that it's going to work out. And even if it doesn't work out on like the surface level, you're being led down the road that you're supposed to be going on. And building that trust has been a lifelong journey. I never had trust in myself like that. I always outsource to other people. Mm. I was like, what do you think I should do? Like, even when I was telling everyone about quitting my job, I was so fearful about what they would think. And I actually was very surprised by the trust that other people had in me, which I think, wow. I don't want to say that outer elevation validation should be a huge, like, determinant on what you do but it did help me understand that oh other people trust myself so I can also lean more into that trust but I did tap into the Akashic records a lot to be like is this the right decision for me and previously I went to every single like psychic reading intuitive reading whatever reading and I was like, all right, so when am I quit my job and doing this thing full time? Like, when am I going to do the spiritual path that I know I'm supposed to do? I asked that question for years before I had a business, before I was doing anything, the surface to actually make that happen. I kept going in and asking that question. Mm. And it was kind of like it was going to magically unfold one day and like I was going to know and then I was going to start the business. But I kept getting the message, like, keep doing what you're doing and start now. Mm. and they were like you're gonna know when it's time to transition out like just keep going on the path keep doing what you're doing you have to take action in order to know it's okay to pivot if you're just waiting for that time to pivot you're just gonna keep waiting forever so instead of waiting to quit my job and then start the business I started the business first I started the podcast first I started doing all these things first building them into my life and then walking down the path, realizing that, oh, I actually am pretty successful at this. What if I invested more time in it? And I would tap into the Akashic Records kind of for guidance. And one day I got the message, it's time. <gasps> and it was more just a knowing that this is what I had to do. And that knowing comes from building that trust within yourself that knowing comes from taking the action and knowing that you're committing to yourself. And previously, I didn't really have that commitment to myself. You know, I would say I would do something. I say I want a spiritual business, but I wasn't really doing anything to create it. So I think it's really important as you're moving along the path to take that inspired, aligned action. And then that trust builds. Trust is a muscle. And I would love to say it like kind of just hit me like, oh, you can trust yourself. But I've been on this active spiritual path for 10 years. And I just got that message last year that like, okay, trust yourself, start the business, do all these things. But it 
did take so much unraveling of all those limiting beliefs that I had. And it's not a simple one and done. Like I still, those beliefs come up. There's so many things from childhood that just really convinced me that number one, I was going to be abandoned if I followed my own path, which abandonment fears are like my, probably my core wound at, mm. in, in every area. So me following my path is really scary because I'm like, if I follow this path, everyone's going to leave me. That's that underlying seated fear. And I had to heal that. I had to do mm. a lot of healing. And I think the healing journey leads into the human design. I give myself permission to do this. And I mm. think that learning more about human design has been like, oh, here's permission, but you have to really heal yourself in order to follow that permission. Damn. That's really beautiful. Did you feel like the human design kind of gave you little clues on how to go down the the like the road for that? Yes, because I was always wondering like why I had so much energy in certain things and why I couldn't do thing like other things. And my mom always told me I had a one-track mind and it was kind of like an insult in a way that she was portraying it. But when you look at it, it's actually a beautiful thing because if I really set my energy on something that lights me up, I will do it. And that is something that's truly amazing. And I think that when I learned that in human design, that like you can have this unlimited source of energy when you're doing things that light you up. I was like, oh my God, that is me. That is a thousand percent me. I knew that to be true because I looked at my past and where that was true. And mm. it was true in my childhood before all these beliefs came on that I couldn't do that. And I think that looking to your childhood with human design is super, super helpful because you can see the natural tendencies that you had. And then as years go on where the conditioning gets piled on, then you can see where you kind of lost that like motivation to do what you were naturally inclined to do. Mm, Damn. That's so cool. I love that inspiration. Um, I want to jump back to trust a little bit because trust is a big core wound for a lot of my listeners. And it is, it's something that I really struggled to cultivate for my own spiritual practice because growing up, um, as a fearful avoidant, I like couldn't trust my caregivers. And so why on earth would I like just, of course, trust divine, you know, like yeah. <laughs> there's kind of a big leap. It was a big leap for me to take. Um, and so I'm really curious when you were cultivating that self-trust, like what were the little steps that you were making to build that trust within yourself? It has to be little steps. So I love that you mentioned that because the little things become the big things. And you have to take the little steps. I'm just going to backtrack a little bit. I totally understand the lack of trust in divine because my dad died 11 days before my fifth birthday. Mm -hmm. And I was very, very, like we were very religious. And when that happened, I feel like I got this idea. I'm like, well, if there is a God, then why on earth would this God do something like this to me? Right. Right. And I, I lost all sort of connection of that trust in the higher power. And it took me so long to rebuild that trust. And I think that the spiritual path, I'm so grateful for that spiritual awakening because it was kind of like, oh my God, there is something bigger that is 
helping me as opposed to something that's doing terrible things to me. Mm-hmm. And that's a really hard thing to grasp because a lot of us have trauma. A lot of us have these difficult experiences that I can totally understand why you wouldn't trust. And it needs to be built slowly and surely. I think that as I started to make very small commitments to myself, very small, like meditate two minutes a day, Mm. I started to show up in very small ways. And then I realized that I can add on a little bit more. And so I meditated two minutes a day and then I would kind of extend it to five minutes a day. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to drink more water. Um, I was, I think I was chronically dehydrated for my entire life. Well, most oh people are. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that should be I, human design. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Um, so then I was like, let me drink more water. And I would just build these very teeny tiny practices. And then once I committed to them, it was kind of like, oh, I said I was going to do that. And I did it. So I can begin to trust myself more. And it's not a conscious process. You know, I wasn't like, oh, I'm meditating for two minutes a day. I trust myself. It just kind of was something that built over time. So then I realized that as I continued to make these commitments and keep them, I started to trust myself more. And when you start to trust yourself more, the universe does respond to that. Everything we experience on the outer level is a mirror for our internal environment. So as I started to work on myself, work on this internal environment, I did see it reflected in bigger ways on the outside. And then it kind of just becomes a snowball effect of inner work, outer reflection, and then the trust becomes bigger and bigger because you're seeing it in the physical. I think that it's really easy to not have trust because we think, I'll believe it when I see it. Mm -hmm. And that is understandable (laughs) of course but i think it was wayne dyer who said i'll see it when i believe it and really Mm. switching it to say Mm. that you have to do that inner work first and then that's going to be reflected for you and as i've continued on this journey i see how true that is because it's i've gotten all the huge signs i've gotten all the really big messages i've gotten these profound enlightening moments after I did the work internally, you know, I think that there are some times where we get divine intervention in very intense situations without doing the inner work. But I would say the 99.9% of the time, it comes from when we do that inner work, when we do the healing, when we really focus internally, that's when the external reflects to us. And it takes a while. Which I think that in today's society, we're so used to instant gratification. We're so used to everything happening instantly. We're so used to seeing also like on social media, we see everyone doing these amazing practices and we see the fruits of the labor, but we don't see the labor. Right. And, And I think that there's a disservice there because so much work goes into this, but a lot of times we're not willing to do the work. Like I know there were points in my life where I wasn't willing to do the work. So I didn't see the things that I wanted unfolding. Right. It's It's hard, but it's worth it. Yeah. Yes. And it's, uh, to me, it feels like riding a ship or something. Like it's, 
like you got to pull it all the way it, and slowly you have to pull it over, over carefully because if you do it wrong, it'll like cut and tip or whatever. I don't know why I'm making a boat analogy right now, but I am. So it, it's those, like you said, it's those little steps. And I love that you shared so much about your own journey because I feel like that's really, really inspiring on how to get there, especially for someone that's like, oh, she's already reading Akashic Records. Like I am so far away from that, like from that reality. <laughs> So yeah, it's really, really, truly inspiring to hear. Can you share with us what it feels like when you are in the records? Yeah, I actually love this question because I've never been asked it before. So I was really? actually, yeah, and I've actually been reflecting on it because it's hard to describe, which is like a frustrating answer, but I'm going to do the best that I can to describe it. So I entered the Akashic Records in my readings and personally through invocation. So I do say a prayer to open up. You can also enter them through visualization, kind of a meditative entering as well. But I found for me, it feels more aligned to do the invocation, which I learned through trial and error. So I would start to do a meditation entering. And I do get messages through meditation, but the invocation just seemed kind of more I want to say intense that it felt like more, it felt more real to me, I guess, in a way that it was just, I knew I was getting messages. I could trust what was coming through because it was so intense that it just made sense more for me to do it through invocation. When we do the invocation, we say the records are now open and I close down my eyes and I feel an internal shift when the records are open. So a lot of the times in readings, I will take some time to pause before I say the records are now open because I have to feel and often what it can feel like is this lightness that's coursing through my body. And I feel a lot of movement. So I kind of move forward and backward. Then I just get this overwhelming sense of clarity. And it just feels like I am having the messages come through me and I'm not actually speaking. So it really is not like I have to think about what I'm saying. It's just these messages are coming as downloads through me and they can download through me in different ways. So sometimes I see visuals of what's coming through and it's not like seeing a vision in front of you. I don't experience that. Some people do. Um, but I don't experience in that way. It's kind of a mind's eye visualization where I will see an image. It's hard to explain. Like I will see the image. Like right now I just saw a boat like driving through. So I will see this image and I'll explain it to the person. And then also I will hear messages on certain sides of my body that will come through. And a lot of times when I'm hearing the messages, it does feel like it's coming from someone specific. So it's coming from a guide um, maybe someone who has passed on. And when I connect to the Akashic Records, I do it a little bit differently than what I've seen other people do in that I go open-ended. So I will let people ask questions towards the end, but I will like to see what comes up first before we go into questions. Because in my experience, I found a lot of people want to know like the answer to something and number one, they could be disappointed if the answer doesn't come up in the way that they wanted it to. Um, and number two, the question that they're asking isn't really that important compared to what needs to actually come through. 
And often messages will will receive answers to messages in different ways as opposed to what we're expecting. So we can really get a lot answered when we go in open-ended as opposed to someone being like, oh, like, what's going on with my business? You know, I think that a lot Mm -hmm. of times people come in with very surface level questions, very human Mm -hmm. questions, but what needs to come through is way deeper than that. And I do let them ask questions at the end because I do know that's part of the experience as well. People want to go into a reading and ask a question and like, I want to make sure that they do get that as well. But I do find going in open-ended will number one, usually answer the questions that they had anyway. Um, And number two, bring forward a lot more than what they were initially wanting to hear. Mm, That totally makes sense. What (laughs) can you give us some examples of what people come to the records for that? Like the records are like, I don't give a shit about that. Like, why are you asking me that? (laughs) I think it's kind of tricky doing readings as well because egos are involved. So we're dealing with humans. Most of the time people want to ask about relationships because that mm-hmm. is that is our closest encounter and connection to other people. But most of the time, if you're asking a question about your relationship, you already know what you need to do. And there's also a lot of red flags in the relationship that you need to be like that you're coming here asking about it. Mm. So I think that when I tap into the Akashic Records, a lot of the times people will be like, what about my boyfriend? That's like, you know, I hear like, you already know what you need to do. And there's a lot of toxic situations going on for you in this relationship. And I feel like people get really frustrated by the answer because hearing you already know what you need to do is one of the most frustrating things, especially when you're outsourcing (laughs) your power to someone else in a reading. Yep. But (laughs) a lot of the times the mess, like the Akashic records are like, you're not being honest with yourself. Mm, damn. Uh, yeah. So I think that bringing that message forward with a lot of compassion is probably one of the most important parts of my job. It's not even getting the messages because that seems very easy to me. It's how can mm. I communicate this in a way that's not going to, number one, have the ego of someone else come out. And number two, communicate it in a compassionate and empathic way. Mm. I commend you for that because I feel like from what I've heard from the Akashic Records, I just want to say I've tried to connect to the Akashic Records so many different ways, use so many different inv- invocations. I've done it in the shower, in the bath, writing, autonomic writing, like all the different ways. It don't I feel like I'm close, but I don't feel like I've ever actually connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hearing <laughs> hearing you talk about how like the spirit or whoever is coming through maybe isn't going to be speaking to us in a way that we're ready to hear. <laughs> it really hits me because I feel like I'm probably just not ready to connect. <laughs> not ready for their deadpan response. How different is their worldview than us kind of like fragile, little sensitive, ego-driven human? A thousand percent different. When I quit my job, I got a message in the record saying you're going to give your notice on the second Monday in January and your last day is going to be the first Friday in March. So I kind of attached to that message. Um, But on the first Monday in January, I knew energetically that's the day I had to do it. And I kind of struggled with it because I was like with the Akashic Records that I should do it next Monday. And I was, I think that the Akashic Records came through with that specific message just to give me a time frame and that I needed to do something, not necessarily needing to stick to it, which I think is really Mm -hmm. important because a lot of people will take the Akashic Records as like 
gospel that they need to be followed exactly to a T. And I don't believe in that in any way, shape or form, because we are humans like living this experiences with free will. And to say that something outside of you, which the Akashic Records, even though it is like a beautiful connection to all energies of the past, present and future, it doesn't mean that it is necessarily a thousand percent your truth, because they see all realities, they see every single trajectory of the choices that you make, and you can make a different choice in every moment. So I think that's really important to note. But I gave the notice that first Monday in January instead, because I felt the energy of what was going on. There was a conversation that opened up for me to do it. If I had done it the next week, shit would have hit the fan. Mm. It was a horrible day in the office. It was so bad. And like everything was energetically terrible. Mm. And I think that the spiritual realm does not connect to the energies of the human realm in some ways Mm. and that they can see it but the way that we experience it as humans is completely different than the way that they experience it as spirit they see it as a lesson they see it as this experience that you're going through they don't give a shit about money Mm. they don't care about fucking money they don't care. <laughs> Why would they? Why they would don't. They? <laughs> they don't need to care about it. There's yeah. a lot of physical resources that they don't give a shit about because right. they don't have to. So when they give messages like that, you need to do a certain thing. It's really important to be discerning on whether it is tangible for you in the moment. And also, again, leading into that trust that they're giving you messages that are going to lead you down your highest good as well. And it's a dance. Like it's not like the most simple thing to do to interpret the messages and bring them into your own life as well. Um, Because if I listen to a lot of the things, I'd probably be broke. There we go. And there is so many things that we can do that kind of bypass that, which I think is really important. So when we're speaking and when we're asking for certain things, we can actually ask to be met with the money that we need, which I learned this in my business coaching, which I thought was one of the most amazing things I've ever like learned because I was like, I never even thought to ask for money. You know, I never thought to ask for an experience that will lead me down a path of financial abundance. Mm -hmm. And I've never gotten a message that really like reflected that Mm -hmm. because I was never asking for it. It's really mm-hmm. important on what we ask for in so many different ways. Like when I connect, we have to ask for guidance. We have to ask for this connection. And we also have to say, hey, I need resources. Help me get these resources that I need. And they can do that. They can show different experiences in our path that will bring us these resources. But they wouldn't necessarily give that message if we don't ask for it, because that's not something that they typically worry about in the spirit realm. They don't have to deal with currency. They don't have to deal with any of it. So I think that that's really like funny to me because a lot of the times the messages that we get, they're not really practical in the human level, but we can make them practical by being discerning on what we ask and what messages we want to receive from them. I love that. I love that. And maybe the lesson here was to follow your intuition on when to give your notice and they just weren't telling you. That's a thousand of percent Sneaky. truth sneaky yeah i do want to so say, much for saying that yeah wait, I, just, I also want to say i know someone who does akashic records readings now that did not connect the akashic records for over a year oh my god uh, yeah and they just continuously showed up 
by connecting with it in the way that they wanted to connect with it, even though they didn't really get messages. Um, and they just continued on the path and eventually they did start getting messages. So I love that you actually mentioned that because that does happen. Um, that's actually really normal that that happens. I think that being connected to the spiritual realm and like having two dads pass away with me has kind of connected me in certain Mm -hmm. ways that makes it easier for me to have this connection, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's only for certain people. I think that it's for everyone, but there are different ways that we're meant to experience it. And I think that that consistency, and I love that you're saying that like you've done the meditations, you've done the writing, you've done the invocations, like that's amazing. And I got the message, like keep doing it because it is going to come through for you. And like you were saying, like it's going to come through when it's supposed to. Mm, I love that. I, yeah. I mean, thank you for saying that. I, that like makes me, it gives me um, courage to like keep doing it because it can be like you were talking earlier about how like instant gratification is what I run. I'm fueled on. So <laughs> not being able to connect has just been like so frustrating, but maybe that's just part of the journey and I can keep doing it in the way that I feel good about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love that. And I, I have an inability to like be inauthentic about it. So, so I'm going to keep trying. Thank you. Yeah, this was course. so good. I am like, <laughs> thank you for telling us that um, the whatever comes through is not like hard and fast. Like having our own free will is so important to remember. And I've definitely got caught up in that in readings in the past. So it's a really important message to hear. Oh, yeah. I am very weary about who I go to readings to, um, especially even with like, like I used to be kind of one of those junkies. I would like hop around, go to different ones. And as I did that, I actually learned, I was like, they actually don't know what they're talking about or I already Mm. know what they were saying anyway. So like, why am I going to pay someone to tell me what I already know? Um, Which is like, which is what I had to experience. Um, Right. But I think a lot of people will fixate on these types of messages telling you the future, telling you what's going to happen. And it is so important to realize that like no one actually knows what's going to happen. And you have a lot more power to determine what's going to happen way more than any of these spiritual messages do. And that has been a really important lesson for me to learn and relearn over and over again, because I used to fixate and a lot of people will make, so say you go to a psychic reading, you heard something negative. Firstly, I don't believe in readings like that, but if that something you experience, you're more likely to experience a negative thing because you're so fixated on what someone told you that was going to happen. They have skewed your own free will. And I don't associate with anyone that's skewing someone else's free will. And I think that there's a lot of things out there that will do that, especially with even like witchcraft becoming like very like mainstream. Um, Everyone's like, do a spell, you know, to like get your loved one. And I'm like, what? what? First of all, spells aren't supposed to be recorded um, in general. You're not supposed to show a spell. That's just like not not what you're supposed to do. But like, are you kidding? So I think it's really interesting to be in the time where I love that it's becoming mainstream. I think that's amazing. But I also think there's a lot more need for discernment now because everyone is an Akashic Record reader. Everyone is an energy healer. Everyone is a witch, which I, again, I think that's amazing, but we have to use discernment and we also have to remember our own free will trumps everything. Yeah. Yes. 
You heard it here first. <laughs> Not first, but maybe last. <laughs> so good. Is there anything else that you would like to share with listeners that are on their own spiritual journey? Yeah, I just think it's so important to keep continuing the path even when you don't see necessarily what you want to be seeing. Um, it is so important to just keep following these little inklings of truth that are within you and to get quiet. Um, really practicing meditation is a beautiful way to hone in on this beautiful internal guidance and remembering that you're the one who has power over your own life. I'm so much love goes out to you if you have experienced trauma, if you've had hard times in your life that have made you feel like you are out of your power because it's totally understandable. It makes sense that you might think that outside things influence what your life is supposed to be. But the truth is you do have so much control over what you experience. You might not control everything, but you are the one who gets to dictate what your life is. And you have to be so proud of how far you've come. Being on the spiritual path is a beautiful but really difficult thing. Most people do not want to take responsibility for themselves. And you being on this path means that you're willing to take responsibility. So keep doing that. Keep following these inklings of truth that are within you and know that you are being led towards the life that you want to be living. Mm. Mm, so beautiful. Thank you. If listeners want to follow along with what you're up to, where can they find you? They can find me. I'm most active on Instagram. So that's at Erin Panzarella. And then my website has all information about me and my offering. So it's erinpanzarella.com. Love that. And say the name of your podcast again. Everyday Perspectives. Um, and then it's an energetic approach to very human experiences. Oh, so good. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. This has been so fun. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. That's it for today's show. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed. If you have a moment and you're in the Apple Podcast app, please rate and review the show. I could really use all the ratings I can get. And please share this episode with a friend that may benefit from it. Of course, hit subscribe to keep up with new weekly episodes. And if you're interested in supporting the show and being part of the Lit AF community, Join our Patreon by visiting sarahcohan.com forward slash tip jar. That's S-A-R-A-H-C-O-H-A-N.com forward slash tip jar. Thank you again for listening. Please stay lit, lit AF, and I hope to see you back here next week.